0: Tour junkies. Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast. This is an awesome episode. We break down the WGC match play. We break down Corrales uh, Resorts over in the Dominican Republic. We talk about who we like from betting odds, DFS. We give you the breakdown on the brackets for the WGC and a big time strategy note that you need to be aware of if you're going to play DFS in terms of the WGC. It's a big deal. We're going to talk about the Valspar, the carnage, uh, a, a recent interview we just did, a lot of exciting news, and a little bit about our week ahead that we haven't told anybody about. It's going to be a lot of fun if you want to check that out. This one is presented by our friends at Fantasy National. If you go to FantasyNational.com slash TJ and sign up, FantasyNational.com slash TJ, if you haven't already, you get 20% off any membership weekly, monthly, or annually and dude, this is awesome. Guess what? Fantasy National now has a new matchup feature where you can take two guys, just like you're going to have in the WGC match play, and Fantasy National runs a 1,000 simulations and tells you the percentage odds that that one player would win over another. Fantastic stuff. New content being added all the time. Go to FantasyNational.com slash TJ. Get 20% off that membership. You are not going to regret it. I promise fantasynational.com slash TJ, get that 20% off. For now, enjoy the podcast, we have a good time with this one, great chunk and run at the end that kind of taps into our OCD tendencies, and our final process on Wednesday night before making lineups. May your screens be green, enjoy the show. What's going on everybody, DB here, and I am extremely happy that I'm not alone, that I'm not talking to myself tonight that my, my my fearless co-host is back with us. He is back from the bathroom. Pat, how are you, buddy? Missed you a lot.
1: I'm good, man. I, I bet the world is glad that, that I'm back. You know, They had, yeah. had to sit yeah. and listen to you just ramble on for an hour. We'll get to that later. I may have some comments there. But uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm back. Uh, you made it sound like I was on my deathbed. But actually, I was, uh, last week was spring <laughs> break for me and the, and the kids, so I was, uh, I was in the magical land of Disney. And, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Sorry. I'm telling you what, man, that place, my goodness, but the kids enjoyed it. I walked a lot, I ate a lot of crappy food. The food on the resort is, I just gotta say, it's just not very good. Maybe at the nicer restaurants, but we're not eating at any of those.
0: So, um. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed the, you know, I, I intentionally left it rather mysterious where Pat was last week, and I enjoyed the, the I I will say, I mean, you, you do have a few fans out there, because I, I had a number of people concerned for your well-being, they wanted to know what was going on, where you were, and in all of my responses, I basically just left it very mysterious <laughs> so that yeah. everyone would be quite concerned it wasn't until tour junkies after dark the DraftKings show that people kind of figured it out but i amused myself
1: i'm sure you did which the drafting yeah. show was kind of fun i did it out of the bathroom
0: and uh yeah it's tour junkies after dark we do what we need to yeah i was surprised it was it, actually no, the best your the best your lighting's been all year it, it was it
1: was it was good lighting in there um <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I didn't. You know, there was one point where I think one of my children opened the sliding door behind me,
0: and yes. I,
1: I, I was surprised I never got a comment because I thought that was kind of funny. But uh... I don't
0: think I I didn't see it in the moment. I was either looking at another sh- like I was ready to defend my picks that you were hammering me on, or I was looking at like something else, so mm. I, I missed it. But I, I do think it was on the YouTube video. Which, by the way, if you're not watching Tour Junkies After Dark presented by DraftKings, you're missing out. It's 20 minutes. It's after we record the podcast, late on Monday nights with a lot, of, a lot of Tito's involved. And me and Pat just argue with each other, and we make fun of our picks, and we debate, and we uh, have a good time. So anyway, uh, there was some carnage at the Valspar. A lot of big names missing the cut. Uh, it was quite the week for the Valspar, but Paul Casey defends his title, which yours truly was on Paul Casey last week. I kind of said, hey... Forget the players. Forget the uh, the miscut there and the poor performance, letting everybody down at 24% ownership. You need to have some Paul Casey got that one right. Got a few good, you know, got a few guys right. Lucas Glover, kind of in the same boat. Definitely whiffed on the Jason Kokrak fade a week early. Shout out Amanda Rose. Sorry about that one. Um, you know, I, I was I was hoping to get on the Kokrak fade. You know, I figured he'd take the driver out of his hand. That's that's an advantage he has, but he's just been dialed in. So you know. He, almost had his first PGA Tour victory. That would have been fun to watch. I mean, it was pretty, it, you know, you could tell early DJ didn't have his game on Sunday, so he kind of fizzled, and, of course, Casey locked it down. Um, you know, I like the guy. I like Paul Casey, so it is what it is. The Valspar is a pretty cool event. I like that event. I, I like that that it's not, you know, 18 under winning the thing. Um, it seems like a tough golf course, and it's kind of fun to watch these boys Duke it out, but there was definitely some carnage. Um, <laughs> I had my second one and done miscut of the year in Webb Simpson, which really, really kind of stung. You had your first one and done miscut of the year in Patrick Reed, who finished near DFL, which didn't uh, get it. It, at least kid. it didn't get announced on the podcast. So you know, there's
1: not a lot of haters out there. Yeah,
0: until now, until now. Yeah, least, I appreciate uh, that. At least
1: everybody knows. But Pat it was Patrick Reed last week. God, what are you talk about carnage! I, I literally don't know when I've had a worse week, and it really. And here's the thing: I will say I didn't do a whole lot of research because uh, I was, you know, I mean, you know, if you got kids and you've gone to Disney, you know what it's like. Yeah. And it reminded me of why I don't need to play a lot of uh, DraftKings when I'm on vacation like that. Maybe just take take a week off with that as well, because I literally had no nothing not not even a single circle near a freaking cash I mean nothing it was all near the bottom it was it was awful but come Friday I was done I didn't even look at draftkings you know it was you're a, on the you're on the west
0: coast of the contest board all the way to the left there huh? all the way to the left in every single entry that I that I put in there so pretty bad yeah well, you did hit Joel Damon, first round leader. Props to you. Buddy, yeah, but I didn't. Did a lot I, of you. I didn't announce it. So. Well, yeah, but we talked about him. I talked about him on the podcast a good bit. We had a birdie tell us that uh, he liked the course. He was feeling good. Um, you mentioned him on the Tour Junkies After Dark show mm-hmm. as a one fifty to one guy. You hit the bet. So at least you, I know you broke even there on the my bookie train. So I did. That... Good for you there. Yeah. Um, the, the chalk bomb uh, hits again, so that's at least two weeks in a row now. You know, we nailed the chalk bomb. Of course, you know, I talked last week. I went on a little rant. A lot of you guys enjoyed my rant there about the listener who emailed us that, that, that day. Um, I had a, little, had a little Twitter, you know, car fuffle uh, <laughs> on, on Friday after um, getting a little, a little chatter about the, the chalk bomb and, and then telling them to pivot to Russell Knox, who made it on the number and of course, Russell Knox ends up uh, doing way better than Brand Snedeker. In fact, Russell Knox finished 12th in DraftKings points scored. Brand Snedeker finished 41st. So the chalk bomb on DraftKings points scored, Brand Snedeker definitely paid off. He was over twenty, around 18, 20% owned in some contests. So good stuff there. If you're not subscribed to the chalk bomb, it is now much easier to subscribe to the chalk bomb than ever. And Pat, I'll just transition here. It's easier than ever because now on the brand new tourjunkies.com website, we got a brand new website, ladies and gentlemen, we haven't really talked about it on the podcast, but we've got a brand new site, it's out, it's live, it's beautiful, it is going to be great, fantastic for our content. And we're really excited about it. We've, we've been working hard on it with a few people. And um, now, on every single page of the tourjunkies.com website, if you scroll the bottom right, you can't miss it. It's a nice gif of the Chalk Bomb. Mm-hmm. And all you got to do is put your email in that bad boy, and you are subscribed. That's all it takes. So if you ain't got it, put your email in there, and you are in. This is, uh, yes. this is great news for me. Me also. Yeah, now you can actually describe it. Yeah. You know, it's so much easier. Mm-hmm. It's good. This is good for me. Hey Pat, how how does one get the chalk bomb if they don't already have it? So what you do is you just scroll down to
1: the bottom of the page, and there's this little on the right side. There's a little gif there that, that, that that's the chalk bomb, and you just put your name in there and email and whatever else, and you're you're subscribed to the chalk bomb. You don't have to
0: do anything else. You still kind of screwed it up. You scroll to the bottom of what page? The TourJunkies.com page. Any page, and you don't have to put your name. All you have to do is put yeah, your yeah, just put your email. That's what I meant. <laughs> He's still screwed him up. <laughs> it's a beautiful website. Please head over there and check it out. tourjunkies.com. We're excited about it. Uh, we God knows we haven't figured out how to work the thing because we went from a Squarespace site to a WordPress site. Pat, have you logged on yet? No. I, I did not get a chance okay. to do that today. I, I figured you haven't because I sent y'all I sent Pat his his login credentials. And for those of you who know, there's probably a lot of you that don't. I didn't know before we start doing this, but Squarespace was where our old website was and it was super easy like Squarespace is the best for beginners or like for people who just want to run a really basic website it is just the best it was perfect for me and Pat especially Pat we've gotten accustomed to it as you guys are going to find out later tonight Pat is rather OCD and we decided to change it to WordPress which WordPress is fantastic it's going to give us a lot more flexibility a lot of plugins a lot more customizable better SEO all these things are great, except it's a little more complex than Squarespace. And when I sent Pat the login information today, I was wondering if he had time to get in and set it up because I knew that if he did, I would be getting a text message of, like, what the hell is this and how, how does this work? So it's definitely different. There's a learning curve. It'll be fun to watch Pat try and sort it out. If, uh, you know, if any of his write-ups end up in, like, Laura Mipsum text or, you know, they have... images of him like from a selfie on his computer trying to figure something out like you know what's going on (laughs) you should be a good time but but check out the new podcast it's fantastic or the new the new website it's fantastic um well pat you mentioned the the uh, you're gonna mention i mean do you have any feedback for me on the solo podcast last week or you just kind of i mean i think i think the overwhelming the overwhelming feedback i heard was that most people loved it and and oh wow, that's you're gonna use it. Yeah. It did really well.
1: Yeah, no, it was yeah. it was good. I enjoyed. I enjoyed. I don't know if I don't you know love is maybe too too strong of a word, but <laughs> I mean it was it was very good. Um, I like. I think you. The thing I liked is you sort of uh, you took it to a new level, maybe from a Planet Tito standpoint for you during a show. Uh, usually you're yeah. you're a little more low key, but you decided just to kind of cowboy up last week, just sort of do your thing. Yeah. And, um, it was much later when I recorded. Yeah, last week. yeah, I but yeah, because we did the DraftKings show, and you were after we yeah. finished, you were like, "Yeah, now I got to record the pod," and I'm thinking, "Good Lord, it's like 10:30." Yeah. But yeah, it was great. It was. I thought you did a good job, and uh, it was funny. You went on some nice rants. Uh, you talked about fluff. That was a great conversation to with yourself about fluff. Um, yeah, thank you. Do you have conversations like that? a lot like with yourself like like do you sit there sometimes during the day and just talk to yourself for like 30 minutes or so if
0: i mean no 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 not at all did you Um, have a lot of imaginary friends growing up actually i had none i honestly don't feel like i have much of a creative imagination like i i usually tell my wife that i think i am very much not a creative person now she says you are but you're not creative in the sense of like the arts i'm um, she th- she says you know you're creative when it comes to like marketing or you know content uh, that, that you're that you're passionate about like tj stuff like that but i i have never had much of a wild imagination even as a kid like i didn't really i just remember sitting there staring at a sheet of paper wanting to draw something and like i would just draw a house a hundred times and it would just be like the square with the triangle on top of it yeah. or at one point I learned how to draw, like, a baseball with some flames behind it. Pretty sure I drew that a thousand times. Like, I had no real imagination, <clears throat> Imagination. so I didn't really have an imaginary friend, honestly. Um, I think now when I talk to myself, I'm, I'm either, like, it happens in spurts. A lot of times in my truck I'll talk to myself, like, wondering why this person is doing what they're doing on the road or, like, I'm thinking about something stupid you said or did, and wondering how in the world that could process, um, or just random things like that. I, did Did you have an imaginary friend? or you Do you consider yourself a creative person? I do consider myself a creative person, actually. Um, really?
1: Not, not from a. Art, not from. Kind of comes as a shocker to me too. Well, I you know I feel like so far I've written some pretty good articles for the Fantasy Golf Sommelier, which takes some creativity. I'm not now. I'm not an outwardly like drawing. I can't draw worth crap. Now I, I have some. You know, I could probably do more than just a box house and a baseball with flames behind it. But um, <laughs> now, from a marketing standpoint, no. I definitely think. I definitely think you 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 have. Uh, you're, you're you're definitely better than me there. But no, I got some creativity. Come on. Why does that surprise okay. you so much?
0: Uh, I'm just I like picking on you about it. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know we were going to get into this. Now, what about your brother? Now he's a he's an identical twin. Do you feel like he has the same creative deficiencies as you, or do you think he's a little more creative? I don't. I don't believe I said deficiency. So, <laughs>
1: um, I think we're about the same. I guess. I don't. I don't know. I mean. Okay. okay. You know, he's he did play guitar growing up. Oh. No, no, that's that's music. That's. Yeah. You know, creativity can go in a lot of different ways. So it's not just, uh, right. I think a lot of people think of create, you know, they think of something they can see and touch or, or, you know, like art or whatever, but it's 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 different. So I think you're creative. I think you're selling yourself short. Thanks, buddy.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> well, one guy who's not creative, but he's quite crunchy, is the latest guest on the Tour Junkies podcast, and that is Crunchy Pete, the caddy. Ver, recent winner of the Honda classic Keith Mitchell that's right we had crunchy Pete the caddy um, Pete Persolia on the podcast just published that earlier today it's about a 30 minute episode we have a great conversation with Pete he is a interesting he's an interesting guy um, he is a very much he's a unique bird he uh, marches to his own drum uh, if you beat of his own drum should you say or something like that. Um, we had a good time with Pete. We learned a lot about Pete. We about how he got hooked up with Keith Mitchell, how he's um, he's hitchhiked. We learned about some animal encounters that he's had. Because Pete, despite now having made um, easily, you know, probably a couple hundred grand this year, um, still basically lives out of his car um, and sleeps in a sleeping bag outside when it's not raining everywhere. And he's he's just an interesting dude. So we had a really good time with Crunchy Pete. Super nice guy. Can't say enough about him. Be sure and check out that podcast. It's up on uh, it's up on the on the feed right now. It was a lot of fun to talk to him. He's a great dude. Super, super nice guy. But yeah. I me and me and Crunchy Pete would not have much in common. Like I literally effing hate the thought of camping. How, like that I can't imagine I am, you in the woods. It's a matter of I am fact, so <laughs> I just like I am so excited that my 14-year-old who actually really enjoys the outdoors like he loves fishing and hunting, both things that I have done in my life as a as a teenager but have very little interest in doing. I am so grateful that he is almost he is 14 and a half and has not asked me to go camping because I don't have the foggiest idea of what I would need to do to to execute a, a successful father-son camping trip and Pete to, to to we we, we proposed this idea to Pete on the podcast that he just needs to pay somebody with a camera to travel with him and and video everything and put it up on YouTube people would eat it up but it could not be me because I cannot do what he does he the guy literally won well, I mean he probably won a, I mean he probably got broke off 100 grand at least 120 grand a couple weeks ago and has bought nothing like he's probably bought the best you know. Canteen money can buy or whatever, whatever <laughs> he, he, can, he got. Whatever. He did get a he new done. phone now. If you listen to the show, yeah, he got a new phone. He probably got a, f- a fresh batch of flint, you know, for fire starting. And he's driving this old jeep around, and he just sleeps under the stars with the critters all night. I, I just cannot, I cannot imagine it. I can't imagine it. I would, you know, what would be more interesting to me than following Pete
1: around would be following you around if they put you in the woods. <laughs> That would be I would I would like to watch that more than Pete because he knows he knows what he's doing out there. You out there would be just like, oh my God, you and your you you and your leopard shirt. Actually, you probably shouldn't wear the leopard shirt. Like the leopard shirt might attract some critters or something to you. But I, I was surprised. I mean, I, I think I, I noticed uh, through various social media sources that you were riding horses or something this weekend, and I was I was I thought you might be scared of horses.
0: No, actually, no. Or maybe you were just maybe you were just walking beside the horse. I don't know. Uh, No, my wife, my wife rode the horse. My wife rode the horse on her own. I have ridden horses. In fact, I've ridden a horse within the last couple years, and it is not meant for my bony ass. So I I did not want to partake in a two-hour trail ride. So the place that we were at actually had an outdoor basketball court. And while she rode horses, I got a little workout in. Worked on the jumper, you know. Worked on the J a little bit. Okay. And right. that was it. Yeah. So you weren't on the horse. I did not get on the horse. No. 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 Anyway, let's do the Crunchy Pete podcast. It's uh, it's pretty freaking good. Um, <clears throat> now the other thing we got going on is we're gonna go one more week with this two hundred and fifty dollar Masters swag giveaway. So you have one more week, okay? One more week for your entries. We're going to buy somebody $250 worth of Masters merchandise straight out of this year's Pro Shop at the Augusta National during Masters Week. Um, We're going to be your personal shoppers. You're going to tell us your wish list, your sizes, give us your address. We're going to go buy it for you, up $250, and then ship it to you free of charge to your front door if you can't make it to the tournament. So there are two ways to get an entry into this contest. The first way is to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you've done that recently, you can still go on there and update it, get credit for it. So leave us an iTunes review, five stars, please. And the other way you can enter is subscribing to our YouTube channel. Uh, In fact, Pat, I haven't even told you this, but we're very close to publishing the John Tillery in-person video podcast, which if you've listened to the John Tillery podcast audio version, you know what a disaster it actually was and how hilarious it was because it was late at night and we were deep into the sauce that night the video version I would imagine is going to be quite uh, better so that is about to drop on the YouTube channel every week we're putting content up there so you can subscribe to the YouTube channel that's one entry and then you can get two entries for leaving a five star review we are going to draw a name before uh, next week's podcast and we're going to announce the name on next week's show and then immediately, we're going to need to get your uh, your information. So you go do that right now. That is easy, very easy. Um, Pat, let's talk about the week that lies ahead for you and I. Why don't you tell the folks what's going on since so it's right there, literally, like across from your mailbox in your gated community where you live on a literal island, and you have to, like, cross a drawbridge to get to your house. <laughs> Well, you don't have to cl- cross a drawbridge, but you do have to cross a bridge, which you're going to find out tomorrow, because this is going to be your first. for the first time ever, because Pat is finally allowing me to his <laughs> house, y'all. I'm finally getting allowed to Pat's house. I will, if it actually happens, I will, I will tweet something about it. I'm, I'm actually getting let to. I'm, am getting, I'm allowed to go to Pat's house. Not just go there, but he's actually letting me lay my head down for a night, and stay there for one night. It's going to be fantastic.
1: I think you need to, you know, you like to, when you get on the road and stuff, you know, you like to do some Instagram stories and stuff like that. Yeah. I think as you're driving over the bridge and and to the gate, you should, uh, you might have to put something out there.
0: Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good idea. By the way, yeah. When I'm on a road trip by myself, our Instagram stories, hot fire. You need to get on that right now, at tour underscore junkies. Yeah, okay, for sure. So, well, we got, we got the
1: web.com this week here in Savannah and uh, at, at the landings course, which, as you have mentioned, is, is in my neighborhood. So uh, it's there's a good field. I mean, there's a lot of good guys coming in to play. Um, our boy Willie Wilcox is going to be in town. And, uh, so I think, uh, we're just, you and I are going to be out there tomorrow. Uh, somehow the tour actually granted us media credentials. And so we'll be out there tomorrow <laughs> and Wednesday doing some suckers. Yeah. Doing some content <laughs> and, uh, I think it's gonna be fun. You know, the web is, if you have a web.com event around you in your area, it's definitely worth going to cause the golf is awesome. And you got some really good players out there. Some maybe a little past their prime, but most of them are not. Most of them are, are just a step away from making it on tour. Last year we had like Cameron Champ out there, um, you know, Sam Burns who won it. Uh, a lot of your your your, your players of uh, of tomorrow on the tour are going to be there. So uh, we're we're looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun week. And uh, can't you know good weather and. Little cookout at my house tomorrow night with maybe a few maybe a few special guests. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be lit tomorrow night. I, I'm not sure if we'll be allowed. Well, I'm not sure. Well, we are allowed, but I'm not sure what content will come out of tomorrow night. But me and Pat and our boy Willie Wilcox and Steve Marino are going to be doing our thing at the at Pat's at Pat's establishment as at, at his homestead tomorrow night low country boil if you're in the Savannah area you know hit, hit us up we might we might we might have an extra spot for you we're gonna have a good time tomorrow night in fact Pat you know I didn't even think about this Willie left us a voicemail why don't, why don't we why don't we play the voicemail real quick here hang on tear junkies
1: what's up it's Willie Wilcox tell Pat to get that low country bowl ready next week and you better have corona extras for every Corona life that I see, I will become angrier. But anyways, yeah, man, looking forward to being in uh, past neck of the neck of the woods next week and uh, play a little Savannah golf. So, um, yeah,
0: play this on the podcast. Hopefully it's funny and stuff. All right, see you. All right, so, you know, there you go. Willie is clearly excited about the cookout. Can't wait to hang out with old Willie Wilcox. It's gonna be a good time man um we're gonna have a lot of fun and yeah media credentials although you know we're really not sure what we're allowed to do we feel like we're not allowed to do a lot so we have no idea what kind of content we're actually going to produce um but we're just going to try not to get in trouble that's That's, that's kind of like yeah we're just sort of
1: we're going to be feeling this one out but hopefully it'll it'll result in uh credentials for bigger events tour events later on but we'll see i don't know we may, like, lose questions. our credentials within, like, the first two hours of being yeah. out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, we got some good questions teed up, though, for these young guys. If you guys have any questions you'd like us to ask, you know, you can tweet those at us or email them at info at um, Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll ask some some good questions. At least maybe try to put out a, a podcast with, like, a... I don't know what we're going to do, man. Who I don't really know. We could totally... Uh, we have no idea what we're getting into. But, yeah, it's a good feel. There's some good names going to be there. We're hoping to, you know, represent Tour Junkies a little bit. It's going to be a good time. So, I'm excited. And I finally get to go to Pat's house. It's it's exciting.
1: I'm, I'm um, so excited to welcome you here to, to my yeah.
0: humble abode. Yeah, the... The low country boil tomorrow night. I really am excited about. So needs I, to, I really want I really to I feel like maybe
1: uh, we can't shouldn't get into this, but I want to get into our text messaging about a low country boil the other night. Like well, the fact that you think a low country boil and a in a boil a seafood boil or a Louisiana boil and in, in you know down Louisiana is the same thing. It's just totally. It's it's just it's
0: preposterous.
1: It's a totally different thing.
0: I saw a video of crawfish and andouille sausage, which is a Louisiana sausage, being poured out on a table and people eating it barehanded, and to me, it just looks like a low country boil. So, I get it that it's shrimp, not crawfish, that it's, you know, you put potatoes in there, you put some corn on the cob in there, I get that, like, but you're going to put some Cajun spices on it, which is from Louisiana, like... So to me they're very, very similar. So the No, you don't you, you
1: use use Old Bay and some stuff like that and, and I have just, some I actually have some something. local special spices. But low country boil is different than a than a seafood I, uh, boil. Yeah, you a,
0: schooled me on all that. I get it. But yeah, you know, I mean Okay. Uh, whatever. You can show off your skills tomorrow night with, with your cooking abilities. I will just say you guys need to have a, an ear to the ground on Periscope tomorrow night and maybe Twitter and Instagram. And here's the deal. Just like last week at the players, you know, when we periscope something, don't count on it staying up for too it, long. You're uh, right. You're so right. Because <laughs> there could cause be a, there could be a thirty minute window on that stuff. Because <laughs> last week at the players, we, we we periscoped a few times late at night, and you either caught it or you woke up and you didn't. Because it gone. It gone. <laughs> <laughs> it gone real quick. Because we don't want to be in trouble. So yeah, just just know that. You just need to push, set your notifications. If we go live on Periscope, you better tune in. <laughs> it's going to be good. All right. Um, uh, the la- All right, so we're going to get into some, some picks here. We're going to talk about the WGC. We're going to talk about Corrales, the alternative uh, event here, the alternate field event here. We're going to do some one and done. we got a little chunk and run tonight. But actually, you know, we're not going to do too heavy stuff tonight with picks and stuff. But... <coughs> <clears throat> by the way i just choked on my own saliva there but i don't know if you've noticed but the cough is gone so my my prop on it being june before the cough is gone is dead so i hope you took me under what just happened there i just choked on my own saliva that's what i said i, I choked oh, okay. on my own saliva right there. You
1: cut out for but
0: a it, what's crazy is the pollen is here and the cough went went away i don't even understand Anyway, um, I can tell you what though. I'm already feeling this really good pour I had at Tito's and DraftKings After Dark tonight is going to be litty. It's going to yeah. be litty like a kitty. Um, okay, so we have a we have our boy Tom. Oh God, I'm going like, to butcher his last name. Tom Wyckoff. He's a loyal listener. He listens every week now because I think he, I think he kind of feels obligated to. Um, and and basically every you know when me and pat go through the tiers and we pick our gpp plays our cash plays our fades and we like make ourselves make a call on it tom's keeping up with it and he's got a little spreadsheet that me and pat look at every week that keeps track of our picks you know we want to be a little more transparent with the people you know and like understand how we're doing right and so tom since since we're gonna have a little extra time tonight Tom put together some numbers for us, and we wanted to address that through this point of the year right now. And I gotta say, through this point of the year right now, if you're not listening to DB, you're in trouble. If you're listening to Pat, I'm sorry. Um, So let's just talk about let's let's talk about some let's summarize a little bit about how our picks have done so far this year. Now, one area where you should be listening to Pat right now is one and done uh and in one and done i am i'm yet to crack the million dollar mark i'm at 973 thousand dollars in earned uh money on one and done i've got a lot of studs left though i haven't used a lot of studs now pat has around 1.6 million um, uh, which is good to put you like i don't know back into the middle uh so he's you know he really he's not, isn't that light- great <laughs> you can't really yeah, he's not lighting your he's not lighting your panties on fire by any means but he's better than me um now let's talk cash because this is a hot topic on the tour junkies podcast, especially lately you and me and our cash differences. Um, yeah, it's just no it's just not even close. Cuts percentage of cut made cuts made with cash picks, DB 73%, Pat 61%, which is actually lower than his GPP projected or uh, actual cuts made, which is ridiculous. Um, Top 25s in cash picks, DB 45% of the picks. Top 25, Pat 41. And in top 10s, DB 22%, Pat 20%. So the cash edge so far for the season goes to myself. The one-and-done edge goes to Pat. Um, Now, I'm going to skip to fades because we make ourselves give you some fades every week. Uh, Fades that miss the cut The percentage for DB 31% The percentage that missed the cut For Pat 29 So slight edge for me there But um, Okay And then then outside the top 25 My fades finish outside the top 25 53% of the time Pat 55% of the time So basically a wash Here's the issue I have picked I have faded a guy that won the golf tournament Which is obviously no bueno Pat has not done that so I would say that the fade goes to Pat. I would say that, that for so far this year, it's pretty much break-even. Pat hasn't given you a fade that won the golf tournament I have, so Pat wins there. In terms of GPPs, I would say, and Tom agrees, that I have the, the upside here. Now, Pat has a greater percentage of his GPPs make the cut. 65% of Pat's GPP picks make the cut. Only 61% of mine. However... 40% of my picks, top 25, only 35% of Pat's. 21% of mine, top 10, only 17% of Pat's. And 5% of my GPP plays have won, and 1% of Pat's has won. I don't even know how that's possible, how you have 1%. We've had like, we've had like 50 picks. Or yeah, six, that doesn't 60 seem. Yeah. Yeah, um, but anyway, that, that's, that's the results through the season so far. Pat, do you have... Anything to say on top of that, or any? Do you, have, you want to defend yourself for any reason?
1: <laughs> so you just had a lot to say there, and I feel like we're still on. I, I don't know. I feel like we're just getting in our stride here. The season just started.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's it is early. Yeah. It's early. Yeah. It's early.
1: So I mean, I I, I, okay. I, I want. I, I think this is a good part of the year to do that update. Um, but I'm yeah, not. I'm yeah. not going to sit there and you know. I don't have too much of an argument right now. I mean, it is what it is, but um, and you know, I've had a, I have had a good personally. I've had a good start to the year um, for the most part, outside of last week and a couple others. But um, I like that we're doing it the way we are. And and, and here here's the thing too. We could make this. Um, you know, when we used to do picks, it would be we'd have a ton out there. But I think having you know more forceful, you know, deliberate picks when it comes to cash versus GPP, versus the fades and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, I, I like that, and I like the accountability that's there. And I, I, I know I'm not, and I don't play a lot of cash games, so that that could probably be one of the reasons that I'm obviously not very good there. But, um, whatever.
0: We'll we'll see how it comes comes to be at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean. It- yeah, for the first couple years of Tour Junkies, we would just literally give you picks that we liked, and some weeks we'd have 25 picks, some weeks we'd have like 32 picks between the two of us, and it was just wild. And, and now there's obviously way more podcasts than there used to be, so you're getting a lot of content, so every week we come trying to bring our, you know, it, it, yeah, we may like seven guys in the 7K range, but we try to limit it to three, three of our favorites, right? Or three of the ones that we think will give you the best edge in GPPs. Um, when it comes to fades, like we don't want to tell you to fade Brian Stewart. We want to tell you to fade somebody who's decent. I kind of talked about that last week. So um, we're, we're, we're trying to put ourselves out there a little bit, which is part of where this comes from. But it's also fun to look at the results and compare them against each other. It's also crazy how close they are. Like A lot of the numbers are pretty close. Except for cash plays, a lot of the numbers are pretty close. Um, so anyway. That's what that was for. You probably got lost in the percentages. I'm sorry. Let's get to let's talk WGC, Pat. Let's let's get to the WGC. We really need to talk strategy here. I want to talk a little bit about the golf course, the pods and the the groupings were announced just a couple hours ago. We've had a chance to kind of digest that. Why don't you talk to us about um, about Austin Country Club in Austin, Texas, and uh, tell us a little bit more about this Pete Dye design.
1: Yeah, so we are at Austin Country Club this week. This is now the fourth time being here in a row. So they started here in 2016. It's a uh, you know classic old course. It's actually one of the oldest golf clubs in Texas, uh, playing just over 7,100 yards. It's a par 71, so not very, very long. Um Looking at the two nines, it's actually kind of a tale of two nines. You got uh, the first nine, which is sort of in in, on higher ground and more hilly, definitely requires a little more accuracy off the tee. And then you have the second nine, uh, which is which is sort of lower level, uh, right on the water on Lake Austin, uh, and a little more wide open. You know, a little more where these guys can just kind of flare it off the tee and do whatever. But If you look at it i mean you look at the past three champs we had bubba dj and jason day all bombers i mean i definitely think you know you know the longer hitters have an advantage here two of the par fives are are reachable um one of them arguably may be reachable but still i mean there's definitely some risk reward on this course which you're going to hear a lot um when you're, you're looking at you know, course reviews going in here and you got the drivable par four fort uh 13th hole which is another horse uh, horse i'm thinking of you riding a horse there uh another yeah. uh another core uh hole where you can that's uh, kind of weird yeah uh, i don't know it's weird
0: um what are you thinking of me riding a horse because
1: we were talking about you on horses earlier Yeah, I that's guess. Just weird. or it's also I
0: that or it's also so that the, the titos is uh the titos is kicking in maybe yeah, like, my face is numb right now. That's where we are right now, which I haven't been there in a podcast in a long time. Good God almighty. Um, <laughs> a lot of
1: undulating greens out here, though. Uh, they're going to run very quick. Bermuda. This course, though, definitely favors your, your wedge, your good wedge players. I mean, you look at a guy like DJ, also Bubba. I mean, great guys with their wedges in their hands. And as a matter of fact, this course had less – just under maybe 40 percent of approach shots came within 125 yards of the green which is literally almost 10 percent more than your average uh course on tour so it's definitely it's it's a wedge game for a lot of these guys um you got to create birdie opportunities you got to score jason day back in 2016 when he won he was first in birdie or better percentage and and again when you're looking at match play you know how are you going to win holes you're going to be making birdies um you know you look at like last year i think you know a guy like kiz who was in the final i think those type guys can play well here of course but i definitely still think it it will favor the bombers just just all week um there's a little bit of you know, strategic value to this course where you got to think your way around. But, again, I'm definitely going to be favoring some some of the Bombers. Looking at stats for me, strokes gained off the tee is going to be huge. Strokes gained approach, definitely looked at proximity from 100 to 150 yards out and birdie or better percentage. And then here's the thing that with match play, too. This is the stat that you're just not going to find anywhere. But I wrote down grit. And it's really just those guys who can play. Just they just they're they're not they're not scared to get in a match play type atmosphere. To you know they, they have that maybe Ryder Cup style. You know like your Rory's, like your you know whoever else. Just guys that, who can get out there and play match play and not worry about their score and just beat the other guy. There's just I don't know there. And that's there's that's a little bit of a feel to it. You know, there's there's not really a stat there.
0: Yeah. You're, my AirPod batteries are going to die before you finish this damn course breakdown. You done? <laughs> I'm done. <clears throat> oh Jeez. All right, yeah. Uh, so I don't know, man. Like, for, for, for the first time in a while, I'm not leaning towards bombers as much as you are. I think it's wide open. I think it's a wide open deal. I'm not looking at one single mother stat. I'm not even looking at a stat. I don't even care about a stat. I care about ownership I care about where you are in the pods I care about grit I like that what you just said match play uh, match play history Um, that's what I care about I care about maybe a little bit of ball striking you know just in general I'm not I'm not looking at stat I'm seriously not looking at stat it could get a little windy here so you want some ball strikers I think the big deal here is strategy and ownership I think that's what it comes down to because you got to remember in match play you're not playing against the course so screw the course, like like screw what the course sets up. Like you gotta beat the boys in your pod. And I get that, that, that bombers always have an advantage to some extent one way or the other, but a Pete Dye design is definitely way more about the second shot in. Um, and, and I just think it's you're, you're playing the guy that you're playing. That's who you're playing. You're not playing the course, you're not playing the rest of the field. It is wide open. And, and I do see the historical data that you're talking about. I mean, you've had some some bombers win. You need guys who can be aggressive in spots, but you also—I mean—you need consistency. You don't need, you just don't need all the volatility. So I, I think a big thing—it has to do with strategy and the pods. So uh, basically, here's what you got: you got, you got, you got 16 different pods, okay? Or si- you got the first 16 players in the world golf ranking ranked, and then you've got. Basically a bracket, almost like March Madness. It's a perfect time of year for this. So you got like four regions, okay? You've got like a uh, – got four regions that these these guys are in. So 64 total players, and they're going to play round-robin. So every every guy in the four-man pod is going to play the three players, you know, the first three days. That's another thing. This thing starts Wednesday morning, so get ready. Wednesday morning it starts. Yep, got to pay attention. Um, but but immediately after the, after the round robin, after Friday, it's gonna cut from 64 to 16. So you're gonna go straight from 64 to the sweet 16, and then you're gonna go to eight, four, and two. So um, it, it's gonna cut down very, very quickly. Um, so to me, it's all about the pods, and it's about ownership, and here's a big time strategy thing. If you hear nothing else, hear this, okay? When you think about the four regions, okay? Best case scenario to the final four, right? You get four players of your six through. That's the best case scenario. If you get that, you're gonna win something. If if not win at all, okay. So if you nail in one lineup the four guys that get to the final four, you're likely gonna win. You're gonna you're gonna win a lot of money. You're gonna win some money, but you you might win the whole thing, right? Because that's hard to do out of sixty four. So you need to make sure that you're not pulling too many players from the same region. And I'm saying region just because I don't know what the hell they're calling it. But the, the, there's four regions, right? So And you can go look at it on Golf Channel or pjatour.com. You can see the different regions. Um, it's broken down right now, and this isn't going to make any sense, but the first, the 16th, the 9th, and the 8th region are one, or, or pod are one. Then the second region is pod 5, 12, 13, and 4. The third region is pod 2 15 10 and 7 and the fourth region is pod 6 11 14 and 3. You need to make sure you have a player from each one of those regions represented in every single lineup you do because if you don't, you're automatically done. Like you're, you're not you, you, it's impossible for you to get 4 of 6 to the final 4. That's the biggest thing that we learned last year. Now, in terms of scoring for DraftKings, you can go look it up. It's I don't want to go over all that. But it's pretty, you know, you win a hole you get points, you lose a hole you lose points, you you push a hole, you win points. You win three holes in a row, you get a bonus. And if you if your dude closes out the match early, he gets points for every hole that he doesn't play. So if he wins, you know four and two, then he's gonna get he's gonna get extra points for the two holes or five and whatever. So just know that. Just go look that up. Um, I don't think any of that matters. I just think examine the pods, make sure you got a player from each region, and go from there. Does that make sense so far, Pat? Are you are you following me on that? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I'm following you. <laughs> all right, <laughs> like, let's
0: hit the let's hit the.
1: Let's I don't the even pod. know why let's you asked for the course preview if you don't really care about it because I think the course does actually make. I mean, see, they, I don't. The course That's always. I mean. It's not just because of the way the match
0: play works. Doesn't mean the course doesn't make a, a difference. Like, I don't it, care if they're playing putt putt. I don't give a rip. It's all about the match play and the the pods. That's what I care about. But you know, I, I had you do the course breakdown because some people feel differently. Some people are Team Pat, some people are Team D B. Some yeah, people well, are. The both. course
1: makes a difference. Especially when you look at the last three years that they've been on here that freaking bomber has won every single year. Well, I mean they've been this is only the third
0: year they played it here. So I don't care. Let's, let's, that's three in a row. Let's let's that's real. that's that's a trend. No, it's two it's two in a row. This would be the third, so No, it's this is the fourth. Day right, was Snanks. the
1: first J- Jason Day was the first year, DJ last year, and Bubba oh, the Bubba, year. Bubba, yeah.
0: Which... <clears throat> all right all right let's let's roll all right um let's let's hit these uh let's hit these these regions here i'm gonna actually go i'm gonna actually go region so pod one dj hideki grace and shez Revi. the shesticle who you got
1: Are we gonna, we we're gonna do this pod. pod through pod
0: yeah, yeah yeah let's go quick who you got uh, this is easy DJ all the way I don't see Same. anyone else Hideki doesn't I was I was yeah. thinking about Hideki I'm going to go DJ no. uh, the next pod in the region is pod 16 that's Patrick Reed Sergio Garcia Shane Lowry and Andrew Putnam I'm going Sergio here it's a battle of the two match play guys uh, Reed's form is wacky his damn wife's calling in David Ledbetter from like 1998 I'm not really feeling good about that Sergio's in good form I'm going Sergio here. That's a pretty easy one. The first, these first two are chalk to me. Wait, why are you Why are you going from one? To I'm going six? in regions, Pat. I'm going by regions. Okay. Well,
1: yeah. For Let me, me see. for me, it's it's not gonna be Reed for sure. I'm probably gonna go Garcia here. All
0: right. I just sent you the where where I'm at. All right. Um, pod number nine is the next one in the region. Xander. Cabrera Bello, Hatton, and Westwood. I am I'm gonna get off the chalk here, and I'm going Terrell Hatton here. I like the match play. Um i yeah, he's he's 62%. Uh, he's won 62% of his match play contests in in uh, as far as we can see. And I'm going Terrell Hatton here. Uh
1: yeah, for me, I'm, I'm going to be opposite there. I like some Rafa Cabrera-Bella in that. Uh,
0: yeah, I like Rafa too. I was debating there. I think yeah, that would be a little lower-owned.
1: Yeah, and he's he's had a few times around this track too,
0: so I like that. All right, Rom Kucher, J.B. Holmes, Siwoo Kim are um, group number eight, and that rounds out that first region. So Rom Kucher, Holmes, Siwoo I'm going Matt Kuchar here. Pete Dye specialist. Uh, you're probably gonna go Rom as the bomber. But I'm going Cooch.
1: Actually I'm not. I'm actually gonna agree with you on that. I'm gonna go with Cooch as Ooh. well. And I like you're J
0: B Holmes.
1: But no, but here's the thing with Cooch that I like. He's just a great match play golfer. I mean he's freaking won the US amateur. So he's uh, he's he's obviously done well in the past and stuff like that. And I think that that when I was talking about sort of that grit stat, things like I think experience in match play is huge, and yeah, uh, I, I like I like that for a guy like Cooch, who does have a lot of experience doing well in that format. So yeah, I like I like him and uh, there and Rom. I just I don't know, man, that guy. Whatever. Okay. All right.
0: Next region is what I'm calling it is um, pod number five. That's Justin Thomas, Keegan Bradley, Matt Wallace, and Lucas Beauregard. Um I am going chalk here with JT. I think this is clear. J- Keegan Bradley's playing really well right now, but his, his match play record is atrocious. He has won 8% of his match play contests in his career. It's just awful. And, I mean, Wallace and Beauregard are pretty good players. They're European guys. I get it, but JT's too good. I can't pass up on JT. Yeah,
1: I'm with you there. Uh, I'm. I don't. I, I don't. Okay. You gotta go JT there.
0: Next group is group number twelve: Jason Day, Phil Mickelson, Henrik Stenson, and Jim Furick. I am going to go contrarian here. I'm going with the 52 seed and the 48 year old with the 71 year old caddy, Mister Jim Furick. I like the Pete Dye angle, in great form coming off the sawgrass finish. Didn't play awesome at the Valspar, uh, but but. Was in there until like Sunday. He didn't really have a great Sunday, but I think Furyk's a sneaky play here. Hmm.
1: Okay. Well, um, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not with you there on on Furyk. And for me, actually, I'm just gonna go for what's chalk as well. A guy who's won on this course before, and that's Jason Day. I, I like him here. He's he's won the match play before, also not just here, but. Uh, in Arizona back in 2014. So I, I like Jason Day in that in that group to come out.
0: All right, next group is group 13. That's Tiger, Cantlay, Snedeker, and Aaron Wise. Uh, I'm going Cantlay here, I'm trying to get a little more differentiation. I think Tiger will be fairly popular. I don't think it's even close between Tiger and Cantlay. I would bet my house, Aaron Wise, doesn't come out of this group. So that leads that that leads it to three, and I'm just going to look to take advantage of a little bit of ownership uh, here, and I think Cantlay gets the nod.
1: Yeah, I think um, you know, for me, actually, I think I'm going to eat the chalk a little bit on Tiger here. Okay, um, all right. I think it's a it's a course he can play well, Aaron Wise definitely not. I mean, this is this is his first match play appearance, and then you look at a guy like Sneds, um, I think he's only come out of group stage. I don't know, like once I saw in the last like few years here. So um, I like Tiger in this group.
0: Yeah, T's and P's for Aaron Wise. I, I see him getting hammered. Maybe I could be totally wrong. Yeah. All right, and the final group out of this uh, region would be Group 4. That's Rory, Fitzpatrick, Harding, and List. This isn't even close to no, me. It's I not. mean, I love Luke List, but my God, Rory McIlroy should absolutely destroy this group. 60% win percentage over his career in match play. I don't even think it's close.
1: I agree. This is a beat. That's an easy pick for me.
0: All right, next region, group number two is Justin Rose, Gary Woodland, Eddie Pepperell, and Emiliano Grillo. This is a tough group. This is a, this To me, this is a pretty strong – this is one of the stronger from top to bottom, one of the stronger groups in the whole thing. And I'm going to go contrarian here, look to take a little ownership, and I'm going Eddie Pepperell. Pete Dye Design almost won the damn players a couple weeks ago in decent form, but over here in the States, loves you know, obviously, you know, comfortable in match play. I'm going Eddie Pep. Hmm.
1: Well, I think I'm going to uh, – I'm actually going to go Gary Woodland here. I think this is a good course fit for him. Um, he he did actually have a good showing. Now, it wasn't on this course, but back in 2015, he was run, runner-up to Rory uh, in this event. So, I think he can uh, – Obviously knows how to play match. Play that first match, by the way, on Wednesday is Woodland versus Pepperell. That's going to be an important match, and I think Woodland's yeah. going, to, going to take that one, and I think he's going to win this group.
0: It's going to be a slugfest. That little group number two. I like that group. Yeah. All right. Uh, group 15 is the next one in that region. Bubba, Jordan Spieth, Billy Horschel, and Kevin Na. And I am actually going to go Jordan Spieth in this group. <laughs> this I, is an I, I think. Group. I think Speeds had, uh, you know, Speets had a couple of rounds here. He just can't put them together. He's had a few rounds. Bubba has has admitted that he doesn't really like this format or this course. Or even though he even though yeah, won it, yeah, he said last he, year. He, he, yeah, he said he votes against it every year, which is just hilarious to me. But um, I, here's the other thing we didn't talk about: like a guy like Kevin Na, if he withdraws. Everybody that's playing him, that's scheduled to play him after also gets credit for the win there. So like a guy like Kevin Na who just withdrew from his last tournament with a neck injury. Your boy like Jason Day who withdraws when he you know when he when he freaking gets a hangnail. Um, you know if those boys t- get at, bow out, you're in trouble. Um, so I don't know. I, I felt like Spieth was a decent contrarian play to make here in group number 15. I'm actually with you. I think Spieth is. I think
1: he's he's kind Ooh, of okay. Agreement. Um, now I don't necessarily. I think Bubba can. Obviously, he showed last year by winning, and he absolutely destroyed kids in the final. Um, yeah,
0: winning even but,
1: close. But he also came in in a lot better form than he's been in this year. So it's um, one Riviera. Yeah, yeah, and Spieth isn't you know obviously in great form, but I think this is a good spot for him, and I think his ownership is definitely going to be low. Uh, I think a lot more people are going to go towards either Bubba or
0: Horschel in this group. So I, I, like, I like some speed. I'm with you there. All right, the next pod or group in this region is number 10. That's Paul Casey, Cam Smith, Charles Howell, and Abraham Answer. And this is a pretty solid one too from top to bottom. Uh, but I'm going to go Charles, Charles Howell. Um, I like CH3 this week. I, I think CH3 goes deep. I think he goes. I think he goes deep. I think if he gets if he gets through the round robin play, I think the next bracket he can easily take. Um, I think CH three goes deep. He's he's a good pick for me.
1: I'm totally with you there. We don't have to really nice. I, I'm kay. huge on him, and he's a great match play guy as well. I mean, mm. even back in the junior days, he and Tiger used to battle it out a
0: little bit. So plenty of experience. Yeah, yeah. a lot of motivation. Love it. Um, the next, the final group in this region is group number seven. Molinari, Webb Simpson, Thorbjorn, Olison, and uh, Satoshi Kodiara. Um, this group, I am going with the chalk here. I'm going with Molinari. It's kind of the, I don't really, I mean, I'm just going with Malinari. Molinari. I was there in France. You were too when he kicked our ass. So
1: yeah. I'm, going I'm actually going to, uh, this is one of my more contrarian picks this week. I like Olison. Uh, I Oof, like him to you come. Love,
0: you, you're a sucker for a little Thunder Bear. I are. think
1: he's, uh, I think he's a good play this week. He's been playing pretty well lately, and obviously will be the well. Kedira will be the lowest owned guy, but he'll be um, very probably pretty, next. he are
0: probably next there, so I like some them. All right, the final region group number six: Bryson Deshambo, Mark Leishman, Kieradec, Afi Barnrat, and Russell Knox. I am going chalk here with Bryson DeChambeau.
1: Okay, I get that, uh, but I think uh, I think Leishman's going to come out of this group. I, I think he's, um, I just, and he's more of a gut play than anything. Not a great match play record. Thirty five percent win rate in match play. Yeah, Leishman. but I think he, uh, I think this is a good course for him, so I'm going to take some Leachman.
0: I, I had a lot of him last year, and he screwed me uh, at this event. Maybe that's why. The next pod is pod number 11, and that is Tommy Fleetwood, Louis Oosthuizen, Kyle Stanley, and Byung-Hun on I'm going Louis Oosthuizen. I like the form that he just flashed at the Valspar, almost took it down. Oosthuizen's um, got a pretty decent um, uh, uh, match play record as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm going going Oosthuizen. Okay. Well, I'm
1: opposite you there. I'm going chalk on this one. Going with yeah, some Fleetwood, yeah. I think he's the best. That's tempting. In tempting and the, the best play out of this out of this group. So I'm going to go with uh, some Fleetwood. And Cal uh, Stanley has not been good this year. Benon has been good. No, he could be a sneaky yeah. play. It, it, that that could yeah. be the the guy. I may I could see myself pivoting to in that that category in the, or in this group. But uh, I'm going to go with Fleetwood.
0: I think this next group is also one of the strongest groups in terms of match play and just yeah. got guy, guys with the grit that you're talking about. Group number 14, Tony now Ian Poulter, Kevin Kisner, Keith Mitchell. This is a tough one. Um yeah, this is a tough one. I I'm going I'm going with Kisner just because of the match play, the grit it's probably a little bit of a homer play but honestly if Poulter Kisner and Mitchell were in different groups I probably there aren't a lot of combinations I wouldn't be picking all three of them um I'm really close to picking Poulter here but I'm gonna lean Kiz. I might still have a little exposure to Poulter um in some lineups though yeah I think I'm gonna go Keith Mitchell actually
1: I, I think yeah uh,
0: I, I like it too
1: i, I like, mean he's yeah. uh he's just absolutely on fire lately especially with the bermuda god Greens no
0: and... female love at all
1: no i just i can't
0: i mean i get it though like yeah. he's he's too nice like you can't pick a mormon in match play like who, <laughs> who keeps a mormon in match play they don't want to kick don't. each other yeah
1: I, but a guy like Mitch, mitchell definitely wants to kick everybody's ass on as far yeah, as he yeah, really does and then yeah. kids we know does and poulter's yeah. The best match play player ever, maybe. Um, so I don't know. I think uh,
0: this is a tough group, but I, I like some Keith Mitchell here. Final group, and the last one in this region is pod number three Brooks Kepka, Alex Norin, Haltong Lee, who you were uh, huge on last year, and he totally crapped the bet. And Tom Lewis, the wily little European boy. Um, you know. Obviously, my heart says Brooks. My the contrarian GPP in me is gonna go Alex Doran Just with a little bit of lack of Brooks Kepka form here lately, I, I always feel like WGCs to Brooks. There's a little bit of DGAF if he if he doesn't get off to a good start. I think if he gets off to a good start, he'll he'll blow through the field because he sees that 1.7 million dollar payday to the winner. But I think if he's slow to start. He just kind of mails it in uh I, that's probably completely wrong like that's probably couldn't be any more wrong but i it just helps me feel better about the fade so i'm going alex norin in this group i'm gonna be a little contrarian here alex norin yeah i am totally in on brooks Kepka this this
1: this week i mean he's, <laughs> he's, he he has shown outside of the players where he didn't play that great he he did uh play well before that at the honda obviously almost winning the tournament he was quarterfinalist here in 2016. Uh, he was uh, in the sweet 16 you might say in 2017. So he hasn't I mean th- the worst he's been and, he, and then before that he had the wrist injury in 2018 so he didn't play last year. So I mean you look at his his consistency here on this course, it's been really good. So I think and I you know I like the bombers this week and Kepka fits that category so I think it's an easy choice for me
0: of Kepka out of this group. All right, there you have it. There you have it. Don't forget, you need to have at least one player from the four regions. So take a look at those brackets. Um, and you really need to make sure that you're checking uh, fansharesports.com for the ownership. Um, you've got to have that in your favor Come come constructing the lineups here for this match play, as you do every week. But you've got to have it. You just have to. And if you go to fansharesports.com, you sign up. If you're not a member right now, you can sign up for a weekly, a monthly, or an annual membership. Use promo code TOURJUNKIES to get 20% off any subscription. Like us, we followed in Fanshares Footsteps. We got a new website. They got a new website a couple weeks ago. It's super clean, really fresh, lots of great content there. They also do football. They do basketball now um, in terms of DFS. They do all the they, – they, they curate all the content, right? They read all the articles, all the tweets. They listen to all the podcasts, watch all the YouTube videos, and tell you who the touts are talking up. And uh, we're just we love the guys at FanshareSports.com. So you need to join those guys on behalf of the Tour Junkies. Use that promo code Tour Junkies, and uh, check out the ownership percentage not only for the WGC, but also for Corrales and the uh, you know the Punta Cana thing that we're about to talk about here in just a second. The alternate field event. Fanshares got you there, too. So, Pat, let's talk about Corrales real quick before we hit the chunk and run and uh, one and done. Actually, why don't we go ahead and do one and done because that's for the WGC. I'll make this pretty short and sweet. My one and done, I was going to go big here. Um, Everybody's going to get at least – last place gets 50 grand. First place gets like 1.7 million. It's a huge event. So you could go chalk here, but I am going to go – I say this every week that I'm not going to go chalk because I need to make up ground, and I keep not making up ground. But I'm going to do it. I'm going Charles Howell III. I don't think he ends up chalk here, but I like – I like – I really like where he's at this week. So I'm going Charles Howell.
1: Wow. So we're actually – you and I are – this is going to matter for us because I'm going out of the same bracket, uh, which is just underneath him. And I'm going to go with uh, Thunder Bear some Thor Bjorn right That there. is a bold move. Yeah, so bold that, move. That will be uh, my one and done this week. Uh, I think it's just okay. a week where you can take a little bit of chance because just like the just like the NCAA March Madness tournament. I mean, you never know what can happen. So uh,
0: there's we'll always see. the Cinderella story. <laughs> the Cinderella story. The Masters. All right. Hit us with uh, Corrales, a brief course breakdown here, buddy. Don't right, give this us that same be, snoozer you just gave this us. This is going to be so brief. So, yeah, we're
1: at Corrales Golf Club in Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. 7,600 yards, almost 7,700 yards. Long course, par 72. We got Paspalum Greens, another Tom Fazio design uh, back in 2010. Big fairways here. You can hit driver whenever you want to. I mean, you, you you can just bomb it off the tee here. Although the approach game is important, um, but the fairways are typically pretty easy to hit uh, as far as uh, the percentages there. Um, if you do look at the last few years, though, scrambling has been a huge factor here on this course. So, quick hits on the stats. I'm looking at, as always, course history, recent form. They've only been on this course, by the way, for three years. Um strokes gained off the tee strokes gained approach and scrambling looking at the past champions you had Bryce Garnett last year uh at 18 under over Keith Mitchell and then they played this event two years prior to that as a web.com event where Nate Lashley and Dominic Bozzelli both came out winners so there you go quick quick breakdown on that course
0: Love it, love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically notes I took. This thing can get real windy on the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a scoring fest. You got to make birdies. You got to be aggressive. You can't take these guys that just plod their way around the golf course. You got to make birdies and go super low here at uh, at Corrales. Um, yep, you mentioned the fairway, soft greens, really slow greens too. So just it's just a dart throwing contest. Um, and then can you can you make the putts on the on the on the slow greens? Par-5 scoring, aggressive ball strikers. That's what I'm looking at. Let's get to a few of our favorite picks. We're not going to go like we normally do here. Um, On the the top end of things, I'm going to play a little Johnny Vegas at 11-5. I love where Johnny's game's at right now. Playing really well, gaining like 23 strokes total in just three events. Uh, I like him at 11.5. I'm always a sucker for Trey Mullinax. Give me Trey Mullinax at 9,500. Bomber, wide fairways, scores a lot, aggressive. Sign me up. Joel Damon at 9,100. Don't know how we avoid our boy Joel, who's playing really well right now. So close to putting four rounds together. Uh, I think that makes sense. So, 9K above, those are a few guys I like. Wow, so you're you? pretty much exactly
1: uh, what I was <laughs> looking at. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, this is just being sort of a, a you know, a, a lesser field event, but you look at a guy like Trey Mullinax, I mean, he is just, I mean, all the boxes, off the tee, he's top ten in the field, approach top ten in the field. Uh, actually, checks the box and scrambling. He's making birdies. So I love that. I'm actually more on Sung JM than I am on Vegas. Um, he's number one in the field for me yeah. when it looks when I look at all the stats that I like. And he's number one in approach. He's number five in birdie or better percentage, top five in strokes gained around the green, and then top 15 and off the tee. So I'm probably, if I'm going to choose between the two, if I have to, between Vegas and Sung JM. For me, it's going to be him, but I, I'm not going to hate you if you uh, if you like some Vegas there. Um, another guy I like that I think is, a, is sort of a sneaky play in here at, at 8,500 is Corey Connors, who across the board just, you know, fits the stats. Now, not necessarily recent play, but in a field like this, I think it, it could work. And he's number two off the tee, number seven in strokes gained approach. He's... He's second in opportunities gained. Uh, so I think a guy like Corey Connors could have a, a really good week uh, in
0: that 8K range. Um, so there you go. Yeah. I, I don't mind it. By the way, um, I was looking at mybookie.ag on some odds. I'm probably going to have – we haven't really talked about bankroll. We don't need to get into it. But I'm going to have a lot more bankroll in betting these events outright than I am on DFS Yeah. this week, which normally isn't the case. Uh, but for Punta Cana, MyBookie.ag has odds out for for Punta Cana as well as the WGC. Trey Mullenax, we both like 35 to one. Um, I like a guy at 7,900 on DraftKings and Sam Burns. Definitely a lot of upside. Great short game, aggressive young player. one on the Web.com this time last year. Actually, one year event there in Savannah. Uh, and then at 7,400 on DraftKings and 60 to one on my bookie, Adam Schenk. I like Adam Schenk. He's been in pretty good form, checks the box. Hudson Swafford, I like him at 7,375 and 75 to one uh, on mybookie.ag. I think those are interesting plays. Another guy in the seven K's, Rafael Campos, who is crushing the web.com tour right now is $7,300 on DraftKings. He's 70 to one on mybookie.ag. I'm kind of interested in him. And finally, in the seven Ks, Cam Davis. I'm always a sucker for him. Major bomber, um, 7100 on DK, 90 to one on mybookie.ag. So that's my seven K guys. Then I got a couple in the six K. Who you got in seven K?
1: Well, in the seven K, for sure. I think uh, you know, I-, I like I like some Roger Sloan. It's seventy six hundred. I think. Yikes! Got, yeah. Okay. Look, he's a sneaky play, Ugh. but when you look at the stats, he's checking the boxes. He's uh, top thirty in the field off the tee. He's twentieth in strokes gained approach. He's twenty fifth in birdie or better percentage, and he's number one. Actually, sorry, he's twenty fifth in opportunities gained and number one in birdie or better percentage. This is a guy who actually, if you want to look at a, maybe a first round leader bet, and I don't, I'm, I don't have that in front of me. But Roger Sloan is a guy that I would. I would look at putting a, a first-round leader bet in because I think he can. Uh, he's he is a scorer, which I love this week. So I like that. Um, you know, looking at some other guys here, I think um, you got Adam Schink, who I've, I've talked up a lot. I just, just mentioned him. Yeah, yeah and, and I think he's you know a, again a cut maker. Like you said, Rafael Campos. I think he's another good play. Uh, looking down, sort of near the bottom mm-hmm. here. Uh, I would probably go, I think you mentioned Cam Davis. He's probably my other top play here in the 7,100 range. So there you go for the 7K.
0: Now, I got one play in the 6K that's my favorite, and this guy checks a ton of boxes, and that is Hank Lebiota, who I also think looks a lot like Pat Perry. Um, So look him up. Hank Lebiota at 6,900. I love him on DK. Love him on whatever format you play. He's 110 to 1 on mybookie.ag. That's worth a sprinkler or two. Um, checking a lot of boxes. The last play I'll give you at 6,600. DraftKings only, DFS only. Would not bet this guy. He's a total freaking head case. Grayson Murray at 6,600. The guy is not right. Something's weird, but we have seen him play really, really well in the past. And with a, you know, he's a bomber. He's quite aggressive. He can score on par fives. I, you know, if he has a good round one, I like that. If he has like one bad round, he's gonna completely lose his shit. But uh, I think Grayson Murray is worth a look in DFS, just a, a sprinkle or two in some large contests. That's it for me.
1: Well, there's a few guys here in the six K range. But first off, I got. Did you even mention Joel?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you weren't listening. I wasn't yes, listening. Yeah. Joel.
1: All right. So Joel Damon, yeah, gotta have him. He's he's a he's a must play. Cash, whatever else. Um, other than that, though, actually, I'm with you on Hank Lebiota. I think he's a good play. Also, um, I like some uh, I like some Josh Teeter at 6700. I think he's a good play. <laughs> Checks the box off the tee approach, also opportunities gained and birdie are better percentage. So I like I like him there. Uh, it's a, and that's a good price for him our boy Brandon harkins surprised you didn't mention him's been playing yeah, playing harkins. better lately um checks a box off the T and approach also in uh, scoring so I, I like that as well um I don't know if I can get as low as you what, what did you give a 6600 play
0: yeah I gave Grayson Murray you don't have to get as low as me yeah simple. I don't, he's a, he's I don't, don't have anybody
1: track. I don't have anybody in that range I, th- I think I'm uh i'm good there the only other guy i'll throw out there actually that is is going to be a sneaky i think this guy is going to be in the winning gpp lineup and that is alex prue at 6800 18th off the tee <laughs> checks a box in approach also in birdie red percentage and opportunities gained
0: so there you go boom all right that was eight more seconds on alex prue than we needed all right, there we go. There you have it. Let's get to our favorite portion of the night, Chunk and Run. But before we do that, I want to let you guys know about a little something called Elite Events. All right. Now, Elite Events, little known fact, was our first sponsor ever on the podcast back in 2016, I believe it was. Maybe maybe early 2017. Love these guys at Elite Events and Tickets. Uh, we know them personally. They've been doing business since 2012. They do honest, great good clean business, right? And what they do is exactly what they say. They give you an elite event experience as well as help you find tickets to the things that you want to uh to find. And now here's what they're offering now. This is pretty crazy, Pat. If you want to consider a franchise, being a franchisee, Elite Events, who's done this since 2012, now has basically a handbook for you and they will allow you to be a franchisee. You can be a ticket broker for all concerts and sporting events including Super Bowl golf majors it's an easy little side hustle that can be managed and you can do like from your kitchen table super low overhead excellent margins and these guys have done it like I said whoa 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 for like seven years um, they got guys already that started in 2018 as franchisees making more money right now part-time than they're making in their full-time job they, they give you all the software you need the support you need a proven process initial training ongoing training if you like music if you like sports if you like entertaining clients then you're gonna do pretty pretty freaking good so our friends at elite events are gonna hook you up here's what you got to do if you're interested in the franchisee thing which we know this is probably a select few of you because there's obviously a fee to get in this deal but we know these guys we trust these guys the the, the website you need to go to is elite events and tickets franchise.com. Elite events and tickets franchise.com. That's where you need to go. Fill out the form, get a little info there, and tell them the tour junkies sent you. That's what you gotta do. Love those guys. They do some good stuff. They're hooking us up for the masters too, by the way. Um, Pat, let's do a little chunk and run here. This is uh, this is gonna be interesting. So the chunk portion of tonight's podcast, pretty, pretty good question. I'm shocked it hasn't come in before now. It basically says, what are the last things you guys do on Wednesday before creating lineups and making bets? So, obviously, we record the podcast on Monday night. This listener wants to know what we do on Wednesday nights uh, when we're getting ready to put our bets in. So, Pat, you want to you wanna talk about your process, what you do?
1: Well, typically one of the first things that I look at is the weather, I want to make sure yep. everything is uh, accurate as far as what I've heard all week. So, and I think that's important, uh, especially with you know certain events. But it's just I, I don't matter. I don't care what the event is. It's always, it's always going to be weather is going to be what I'm looking at. And now you know I'm always doing the chat room over there for roto grinders. Mm-hmm. So I think that sometimes I get a few ideas there by being in that chat room. But um, other than that, it's just you know I, I don't like to tinker a whole lot, so uh, usually I don't I don't make a lot of changes last minute. It's it's more just looking at the weather, making sure that's good, and then uh, I, I like to check you know whether or not there's a player that maybe missed a pro am or there may be some news that there could be a possible withdrawal, something like that. But usually by Wednesday for me, I'm I'm pretty set in uh, what I'm gonna go with
0: interesting yeah that's kind of a different process for me i guess like what i do is when i'm when i'm entering i usually enter all the contests that i want to enter on monday and i'll throw in like a dummy lineup like a reserve lineup to the contest that i want and i'll leave it there until wednesday and so one of the things that me and pat do is we've got about we've got about 10 caddies that we that we have on a good relationship we probably only talked a handful of them Regularly, but one of the one of the things we'll do is you know kind of tap them on the shoulder, not not all at, not all in the same week, and not all the time because we don't want to bother them. But sometimes we get a little last minute caddy info that will uh, that will influence a decision or not. That's that's the first thing I'm doing throughout the day on Wednesday. Then, like Pat said, checking the weather for sure, reading the chalk bomb. You know, I always like looking over the chalk bomb, kind of. Uh, first of all, looking at the Chalk Bomb, and then second of all, the 10 facts within the Chalk Bomb have been really nails lately. Um, so I kind of look over the 10 facts, see who the players are there that are getting a lot of love and where they are in my, um, you know, in my pool, I guess. Obviously looking at fan share, checking out ownership percentages there. I, get, I try to write down, like, basically I write down the 30 to 40 players that I really like if it's a full field event, and I write down their percentages on fan share, um make some notes in terms of the chalk bomb the caddy talk comes into play and then I start narrowing down the pool so from 40 I'm usually taking it down to 18 to 20. so I'm just starting to really knock out guys um, and then from there you know it's uh, it's building building the lineups and yeah I'll
1: say this too I'm, I'm with you there I mean I, I definitely look at ownership it's probably one of the last besides weather, Ownership is is one of the last things I look at on FanShare, you know, just checking it to see because there there's definitely a lot of decisions to be made when you see a guy, especially that you think really pops, that you think might be a, a high owned guy, and then all of a sudden you're looking at ownership projections and he's in that like 10% range. Like let's just say just for example, like a Jason Day, a guy who may have some injury history and whatever else, and but you really think he pops on that course. And you're seeing them like maybe less than 10% owned, I mean, for me, that's that's a huge factor. For it. so, I'm certainly
0: looking at that. All right. So there's the uh, there's the process. Um, now, you know, along those same lines, in terms of process, Pat, we we, we have a uh, the run question tonight. Is something that's very simple, but I think it's kind of interesting when you break it down. Maybe this maybe this will be interesting. Maybe it won't be interesting whatsoever. Um, but uh, we got a listener that wants to know, describe your Monday through Friday weekly morning routine. Your Monday through Friday routine um, from, like, wake up to, I guess, get to work or whatever that is. So should I start or do, do you do you need to start probably? No, you, you go ahead and start. Cause, okay. All right. <laughs> I was thinking about this. It, it is kind of funny, like – the OCD tendencies are there in all of us. We all kind of are habitual, right? But I'm not, I don't think I'm like Pat in the sense that if I didn't execute on this exact thing, I'd be like pissed off the rest of the day. So basically, alarm goes off uh, 7.15, snooze it. Um, Usually don't get out of bed till like 7.40 unless there's something, some trauma going on with a child. And then I'm one of those people who I have to have a shower in the morning. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm going to play golf, if I'm going to work out, it doesn't matter. Like, my body doesn't activate until I have a shower. So I get up out of bed. I turn the shower on. I get straight in the shower like a zombie. That kind of wakes me up. You know, depending on what's going on, like, I'll shower a little more thoroughly than others. But I got to have a shower no matter what I'm doing. That's, That's number one. Um, get out of the shower and uh, get dressed go ahead and get dressed fully, fully dressed then I brush my teeth and um, then I take my meds. Got to have my meds. My allergy medi- medication right now because it's pollen season. It's a shit show out here. Of course. Here. And then a um, little, little cologne. You know, I still wear a little cologne action. Every wait, now then, little, wait, wait! You throwing some cologne? What kind of cologne yeah. are you throwing on? Yeah, the the lady the lady likes it. Uh, Southern Tide is one of my, one of the ones that we like right now. It's a good one. Where do you uh, spray cologne
1: likes, by the way? Like, what's the proper? I, Do you just like spray it in my general neck and and
0: walk into it, or do you like spray it in certain areas? No, that's dumb. No, I I do three sprays right on the neck, chest area. That's right where it is. Boom, three sprays. Doom, right on the counter. And then, uh, of course, I have to, you know, I have to do something with my hair, or I'll be frizzy and all over the place. So I have to get the hair tamed and um, then I usually have to take the dog out because nobody else will. Give the dog food and water, grab my, uh, grab my stuff for work, and then, now I will say I consider this part of my morning routine. Um, I, I usually don't have to take kids anywhere in the morning, which is great, but, uh, but then I do have somewhat of a routine when I get to work in the morning. When I get to work in the morning, I immediately walk in my office, I set my stuff down, and I go straight to the kitchen, and I have to have my coffee in my Yeti Tour Junkies mug, um, and I eat a peanut uh, Nature Valley bar and um, some a, a handful of grapes. That is my breakfast Monday through Friday. I don't eat any of that Saturday and Sunday, um, and I do not. I refuse to have coffee at the house. My wife has to have coffee as she's getting ready at the house or on the way to work at the latest. I cannot drink my coffee until I get to work. So. Um, that's only on Monday through Friday. Now Saturday, Sunday I wake up and I go and make a cup of coffee. But for some reason, Monday through Friday, I have to wait and get my coffee when I get to the office. Even if I get to the office at like eleven o'clock for some reason. So that's my routine. That's it. That's just, that's that's
1: that's it. God, is this actually interesting to anybody? Probably not, but But also we why got do you get yet? to sleep in so late during the week? This pisses me off. Like you get to get what up at like seven
0: thirty or seven forty five. I'm out of the door by eight fifteen at the latest. I don't get up at seven forty-five. I'm I'm up at seven thirty. I'm up at seven. You do all of this in
1: that time frame?
0: Yeah. See, this is the difference between me and you. Like, it sounds like a lot when you walk it out, detail by detail. But like, you are slow as crap getting because you have to. See, you're not going to say this in a minute, but like, you have to like push your hair back like a hundred times, and you're like you're so weird with what you do in the morning like i, I I'm efficient I'm efficient yeah I'm up at seven thirty and I'm out the door between eight or eight fifteen at the latest i'm I'm gonna be
1: real here with with everyone this is and I, I'm sure you're being real but this is this is my weekly routine so I get up like my wife gets me up like around like six fifty in the morning your wife gets you up. She wakes me up like she's hitting me and stuff and like <laughs> then I go I go grab the kid actually what I do is I go get in bed with my with my youngest son cuz he 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 likes to sleep in and so I go from like one bed to his bed and I lay down and try to pretend that I like I'm just I'm just trying to wake him up baby I'm just trying to wake him up <laughs> I'm not trying to I'm not trying to sleep so I'm actually trying to get a few extra minutes in so I just go get in bed with him Cause my youngest son, he he'd be up at six a.m. Whatever, he's fine. So, so that's what I do. I immediately, uh, I get up and I go get jump in bed with my other kid, and I kind of lay down as long as I can until the wife is like, "Hey, what the f? You're not you I'm like, "No, I'm just I'm just waking him up. He's he still needs to wake up." So I go do that, and then so she kind of she actually takes him to school. But I and I do all the things like I like make lunches and all that kind of stuff. So when I get up like around like actually I finally get out of bed around like seven fifteen and then I'm making lunches, I'm uh, doing whatever else and then they get out. Oh, I'm still sleeping. They get out the door at seven forty-five, seven forty in that range, and then sometimes I go get back in bed. (laughs) Oh my god. Sometimes I do that. I hope she doesn't listen to this freaking vibe. <laughs> Sometimes I'll jump and get back in bed just for a little bit, you know, maybe thirty minutes or so, get a little quick snoozer. But I, then I, that's when I actually take the dog out, feed him, and do all that kind of stuff. And then I leave the house, uh, you know, around like eight fifteen or so, and I go uh, go get my coffee. I don't. We don't have. We have a coffee maker in the house, but we don't make it in the mornings. I never. I never make coffee in the mornings. Um, I just go get Same. coffee at at my favorite place. So I'll go there, oh, uh, talk to the the, the, the the lovely baristas at, at my <laughs> my coffee place, who I, I can't uh-huh. miss miss meeting them every single day. And they would be uh-huh. sad, I think, if I didn't show up every day. No, they, I don't think they give a rip. No, they me. do. I mean they they didn't see me all no. last week, and I finally came in and uh, on uh, this morning, and they were they were ecstatic that I showed up. So yeah. I do that, and then uh, get in the office. First thing I do when I get in the office is uh, just just checking news and stuff like that, But it, it, which is, nobody cares about. But, yeah, I don't know. I think my mornings are a little different than yours. I have a little more Clearly. responsibility than you have in the mornings.
0: Yeah, and I, I would say, like, you, you really undersold the OCD in your setup. Like, you skipped that you blow dry your hair. You skip that you... Freaking fickle around with your hair like it's some, I don't even know. Like, it's just this masterpiece of, uh, like, you you make fun of me for being like a little, a little, like a little prima donna or metro. Like, you, I have never seen someone touch their hair as much as you. And you didn't even mention that. You just glazed right over it. Nobody cares about it. It's not very important. Well, yeah, nobody's probably listening to this, but those that are still hanging on, you know, it's, you can't leave that part out. A video of your morning routine versus my morning routine would be much more entertaining, I think, of yours. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want anybody to take a video of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, that's the Tour Junkies podcast this week. We'll be back next week for the Houston... Uh, whatever golf tournament that is. I know last week last year it wasn't sponsored. Is it back to you Shell, can, Houston? You can tell we're getting close to Masters because we're just – Yeah, we're, we're getting close. We're, we're just a sort of like, hey. Ready for Masters. Yeah. Yeah. All right, be on the lookout for the web.com content coming up. Thanks. May your screens be green. See you.